This is Michael Lowholland, also known as a Kodaken, freelance writer and member of the Gaming and BS community. Happy holidays, everyone. You're listening to Gaming and BS, episode 372, recorded December 27th, 2021. <laughs> Welcome to Gaming and BS, a tabletop RPG podcast. I'm Sean. I'm Brett. Hey, folks. Welcome back. Hope everybody had a, well, by the time this drops, hope everybody had a um, first half of, if it's a Christmas thing for you, good on you there. If Whatever your holiday of choice is, there's plenty of them during this time of year. So we we'll hope you've been having a good holiday time. This is of, uh, Sean, this will drop before the new year, will it? I uh, should. Okay. Okay. Well, in that case, then. Be safe, be smart, and so we can see you next year. Because we got some cool shit coming up next year. Next year, we've got BSRCon. GameBS.com forward slash BSRCon. Sean, I got my two games in. I got two Avalon games set up. So I got those. Thank you. Thank you. So I got those in there. Are you going to run anything? Yes, no? Yeah, man. I was been working on it for the last couple of days. It's, uh, I mean, I'd probably put less prep into it when it's face-to-face. That's something. I just, I just I got the tents. I print it off. I, the table tents. I print off the character sheets. Enough for you. I do have miniatures, some degree. I have like a miniature per character, and then I have. So are you going a little more in depth? Are you going like soundtrack? Yeah. You're going a little. You're going, oh, you're going all in. Yeah. Oh, yeah. all right. Yeah. So it's. I I was trying to figure out virtually <laughs> if I could, on Foundry, allow players to change the radio station in, in the, the car, car. <laughs> and so I, this I is this is you trying to outdo me once again you're gonna just well people somebody will play in my game then i'll play in yours you'll be like wow damn that brett guy he just doesn't have his shit together look at look what sean did i uh Man. That's what's gonna happen. Gonna yeah, I, I have. Stupid. I have some visuals, and uh, I'm, I'm I'm entering a lot of the stuff into Foundry, like all there the is, uh, notes, gonna, the GM yep. screen stuff, mm-hmm. and probably more than I would use face to face because um, I want it to be a better experience online. Well, one of the cool things about online, and I've, I've said this before, I'm very fortunate in my gaming room in my basement. I have a TV. Which right. I can Bluetooth images to, and it, it's wicked fun to say the monster looks like. And there's so much cool art out there right now. We've talked about this map, so all this cool shit we've got. And the wicked cool thing about the digital tabletop is it all the tools are right there. Like this monster, this thing, this image, this picture, whatever. It's all right there. Right. So I've got the other cool thing. I'm going to use roll twenty. And the other thing that's cool for me is that the character sheets are like right there. I have to remember. Oh, I didn't print them out. Oh fuck, I forgot them. I cannot tell you how many times Sean and I have been at a gaming convention. Someone comes up to our booth or to us and says, do you know anybody with a printer? Why? I forgot to print my fucking in, my, my PCs out. God damn, all my pre-gens, I, I, I left them at home. It happens, right? <laughs> in this case, though, as long as they're in, they're in. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, um, I, I, I was thinking about a couple different ways to do it, and then I think I, think I found a quick and dirty way. But I was... Uh, I was going to do like the full fledged radio soundtrack, but it might take more time to do that. I might do gotcha. it over time. We'll see. But uh, so I did. Yeah. A, so mine, I Damn went it. through and I said, all right, I should probably put mature theme on mine because there's one of them has um, 
they're both Avalon games. One has <clears throat> drug use addiction issues is part of the story. Um, and another one, um, potential endangerment of children. And I'm like, you know, ah, uh, geez, it's not really. I'm like, I'm not going like edgelord, you know, sex, drugs, rape, and rock and roll. I'm not trying to be that person. But I was thinking about it. I'm like, you know, we talk about this all the time. And I'm like, there's no reason I shouldn't tell people, hey, I plan to use this type of thing or the potential is there. Right. It's not like I'm going for this whole, hey, I'm going to murder and torture children on screen. But some people don't want to deal with it at all. Right. I've talked to uh, some gamers and they just do not like anything with children in peril. It, it bugs that kind of mind. I know other people who can't stand animals in peril, right? And uh, I know drug addiction can be a a trigger for some folks. And I'm like, hey, you know what? Let's just be a nice guy and tell people what I'm planning to do, at least as a warning. So I just put the kind of big all caps warning may contain type of thing. So I hope that works, man. Do you think that'll work? Is that good? Yeah. Yeah. Um... You know, my, my, my philosophy nowadays is anything I submit is going to be mature, even if it's not <laughs> like, <laughs> what was, the hell? Just the, the way I, the, me, I, who I, mean, I am and how I do this. You know, I don't know. It's, it's the part of that is, you know, that the problem with doing it that way is then it doesn't differentiate itself from anything else. Yeah. Right. There you go. So that, that does put up some false alarms, but. You know, even if I ran Star Wars, I'd probably run it a little gr- bit grittier than usual. And I'll usually do Session Zero in a con game nowadays anyway. I'll do Cats and just I do say, a quick, here's I, the deal. I do a it, quick one and say, look, I mean, I'm not going to go all in, but if there's something you don't like, you know, here's your pause button. Here's your here's your out your X card, whatever it is. Sure. You know, just telling people, this is what I plan to do. Here's how we're going to do it. If you don't like, we'll use this approach to these tools and whatnot. So anyway, just thought I'd bring yeah. it up. Yeah, I find, my, I find myself, I don't know. Look, for the record, I'm all about people being comfortable at the table. Oh, yeah. Dude, that's seven years we've been saying that. <laughs> at the same time. I also know typically what is out of bounds. Yes. I'm, I'm pretty self-aware. People would argue, but you don't, right? You don't know what you don't know. This is true. And sometimes for me, it was um, the reason I threw it out there was like, hey, may contain type of thing. Right. Is because I'm like, there's two potentially powerful things that somebody may say, I want to do this. And I don't want to be, oh, crap, that's here. And then they feel obligated or they have to drop out or something. Right. I'm like, you know, I'm just going to say these things. Say, hey, here's a deal. I'm not going to go like, is it all edgelord bullshit? But right. let's say something so that people can make an educated decision. Right. When we get there, we'll talk it out, figure out how we're going to do it um, and, and, and whatnot. But um, if I was running a, let me think, if I was running a Call of Cthulhu game, which I've run many of, I wouldn't necessarily have to say like, you know, adult themes. It doesn't because the, yeah. this Call of Cthulhu people will go insane, characters will go insane, and so forth. Um. So, and, and yeah, there's there's sometimes in for me. I, I also thought like in person, I can read a table quite easily. I feel, and I've right. done a pretty good job of it over the years. And I'm like, huh, it's online. I won't be able to tell. You know, if Sean's looking down and to the right means that he's angry because I can't read his body language. I can't 
it's not the same as watching somebody shifting in their chair uncomfortably on a screen as it is physically at a table sometimes. And I mean, anyway, we'll see. It's interesting, interesting stuff. Yeah. So speaking of cons, I want to call this out. Uh, Evercon is March four, five, and six in twenty twenty two. So it's out in March. Yeah. Um, I'm planning to attend. So um, we'll get some games out there as well. But that'll be that should be fun. Um, I have been I've been reading through the guys at MCDM, uh, Matt Colville's uh, group, uh, James Dracosta and the guys have been very kind. I'm just going to say it all out. They've been punting copies of Arcadia over to Sean and I like, hey, look at this. See what you like. See, read this, read this. And Sean's not as into 5e as I am. I'm playing it more often and I'm playing D&D in general more often. Than, than Sean is. And I've said this before on Twitter. I just want to say it out loud right here. I really love it. And it, I am an unabashed fan of Matt Colville and the stuff he's doing. But I'll tell you, the uh, the way James is handling like the editing, the curating, the getting the magazine together to PDF, it's fucking brilliant, man. There's some super fun stuff in there. Even if I don't want to use it, it's fun to read. And it does remind me a lot of back in the days when I had my Dragon Magazine subscription. I think I started like uh, issue 113 or something ages back where I wanted to get it. I'm like, oh, I got this month's issue. And I'd read through it. And I'd be like, wow, that's neat. Or wow, that was, wow, that article's, huh. I don't know if I'd ever do that, but kind of fun. And I think they do, they've got some great art and they put a lot of really good stuff into it. So if you haven't checked it out yet, I suggest you go check it out. It's fun. It's on their, it's on their store at, the, at MCDM. I'll put a link out in show notes and stuff for it. But it's a lot of fun, and I really, I really enjoy it. Even, like I said, even if I'm not using it, the cool thing for me is it's just fun to read. It's a nice little escape, little snippet of co- some cool D and D content. So that's fun. I love me some D and D. So there you go. Yeah. Probably so Sean, what else are we do? Oh yeah, we want to talk. We should talk about the uh, our release schedule here. Looking to change things up a bit. Mm. What do you mean? Hmm. This was your idea or my idea and yours. There we go. It's not the one I wanted, but it'll, it'll work. Yeah. So Brett and I talked about it a little bit. It's pretty brief considering. But uh, we're going to go to an every two-week release schedule starting, I don't know if we want to go two weeks from now. I was thinking time. we do, um, I think we start next week, Monday, we hit it, and then it's two weeks starting from, what is that? Starting from January calendar, January 3rd. So after January 3rd, January 3rd, then it'll be two weeks. And then it'll be the 17th and two weeks. It'll be 31st and so on. Yeah. So we're uh, going to release every couple weeks the flagship, this show, on Monday nights, 8 p.m. recording still. Unless, mm-hmm. of course, there's something that comes up the week we're supposed to record. And then we won't the following week. So... um the reason somebody be like why right a uh, couple things and i brought it up to brett we're, we're old we're lazy old. yeah lazy right. <laughs> old lazy um and this isn't to say that one of the off weeks won't have anything it could have something if brett wants to do something if i want to do something we want to do it on that off week if we want to do it together during the off week you know Whatever that is, if we want to. Well, start- so this came, yeah, it, it came to like the the scheduling thing, and I think it was partly 
the Delta Green experiment, I wasn't able to get in on because of my schedule, right? Was completely buggered up. And I'm like, well, fuck, this sucks. Um, and just all sorts of other crap, like day-to-day life, plenty of things going on. There's, I could, I could be running a game for PSers. Sean could be playing in a game with other people. I could be playing a different game. I've got other stuff I could be doing, you know? And I, I think it just, the other piece too, is I think quite frankly, Sean, to me, a lot of, not that we expect it, it's great when we have, I know we have listeners who every week grab it, listen to it immediately, yeah. which is freaking awesome. That is amazing that people do that. Um, I don't know what that was for. But that's, oh, wow. a spirit, okay. that's a There's spirit all, horn. That's a spirit horn. Okay. Spirit Very horn. Cool. Yeah. Well, anyhow, that's um, for that's the a, uh, people in the audience that bring in uh, that horn. The horn. I see. Yeah. Very it's good. like take place of a Vuvuzela. Ah, uh, there you go. <laughs> anyway, um, I think uh, it, it's not gonna it's not gonna hurt anything, right? No. Just every other week, people got more time to digest it, get us some good feedback, and all that good stuff. So, you still good with it, Sean? Was it? Yeah. Was kind of. A, I wouldn't say a quick decision. We've been knocking it around for a while. Finally, just said, "Ah, let's do it." Who knows? The quality of the show might go up. No, probably, it won't. Probably not. <laughs> Don't bank on it. <laughs> so yeah the, nothing's gonna change other than just a, 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 an, a, schedule. an episode every other week so mm-hmm. instead of 52 a year we'll be doing 26 well we well we figured after seven years of pretty much every week on the dime we could spoil ourselves and see what happens so yeah. there we go if you're really bored and you only and you only like started listening to us in like you know episode 300, 200, 100, whatever, go to the next 100 back or 50 back. And there's still, yeah, there's plenty. There's plenty there, back I'm going to try to get, having said that, people are like, Sean, I can't get to them. They're on our website, so they're not gone. Mm-hmm. Our, yes. our RSS feed only holds, hold, well, I have it set to only hold 300 shows because the RSS feed, if it gets too unwieldy, will break. So what I may try to do is just put the entire library in our RSS feed and let her rip and see what happens and push all boundaries, see what breaks. Yeah, you know, whatever. And then crank and then you up, can access like episode one all the way yep. up. So so if you haven't, you know and maybe you haven't listened to us in a while or or forgot what we sounded like three years ago, four years ago, six years ago, just go back to <laughs> Sean, one. Sean posted and, a couple uh, older older videos of us when we did it had done a few of them, like back in the episode like sixty something. So fifty four. 54 and he posts up like oh that's just holy shit where who's that young who's that pair of young dudes <laughs> like yeah, wow brett looked totally less, different he didn't look like a, a lot less gray hair like uh, some weird wood woodman uh hermit <laughs> exactly yeah i looked, I looked <laughs> i looked a little bit more presentable i think is what you're trying to say which is fine you know brett yeah that was interesting the role of santa claus is not out of reach for you i know Dude, that beard and that—I'm telling you. Well, I told you, man. I, my kids don't believe in Santa Claus. They never have. I told them right out of the gate which fat bearded guy provides the presents, and that's me. So I'm just trying to. But it'll still man. be you. Still be me. But yep. you could come in a red costume and a hat. I could totally come in a red costume. White, yes. white beard and white hair. <laughs> yeah, the hair's getting pretty white too. You could yeah, be like a happening. Chuck Norris looking. Santa Claus. Oh yeah, that's because you're way down. Kind of, you're more svelte than the mm. uh, and regular Santa. Yeah, true enough. 
Yeah, so, you know, uh, if you're upset at the release schedule, feel free to email us. We, we would love to hear it. Um. <laughs> <laughs> my, usual, my usual response to, some, to the, that type of feedback is find the nearest brick wall and place your complaint at, at, in there in some place. Um, so the, intros, though, the intro sign-up is going to – speaking of which, intro sign-up. Thanks, Michael, for recording that, by the way. Oh, thank absolutely. You. Yes, thank you and, very much. And the thank rest of you that are contemplating it or have already recorded one, it's going to be all screwed up again. So Yay! You can either opt to record another one or you can just – I'll edit the date out of it if you mention the date. Totally fine. Yeah, it'll be, it'll be fine. This, is like, <laughs> this isn't freaking professional – like we're not getting paid millions of dollars over here. Are we getting paid? Are you getting paid? Because I'm not getting. What the fuck is happening? Anyway, <sighs> where's no. all that money anyway, Sean? Bezling bastard. It's going towards uh, vanilla coke. Ah, uh, well. Yeah. Well, it's a good investment. I can't can't argue there. No. You know what? That's enough of that crap. Let's let's random encounter. Let's move on. Let's go in a random encounter. Where? Let's do that. I got a new soundboard. I got to find out where all the buttons are. Yeah. Oh. Because it's my other one. Like all the sounds Sucks. disappeared. Again. Yeah, all the sounds yeah. they constantly. I'm like enough of this app. Anyways, random encounter two to four. Uh, two to four. That's terrible. <laughs> hey, we do. I guarantee, when we go to the two week schedule, I will maybe do this show correctly. Random you know, Encounter is a segment in the show where we field emails, voicemails, comments from social media. That's what we do right now. That's what we're going we to totally do. totally do. Yeah. Yeah. I think the first one up is a uh, phone call from Stefan Dragonspawn. Okay. Too. So he called in three times. Back oh, my gosh. Yeah, which is like Stefan knew he was like way over. Like we're talking six minutes. Dude, I had to cut it. But I didn't edit these two. But the second one like cuts off abruptly. Okay. So, here we go. That's right. Thank you. Thanks, Stefan. Right. No, thanks, man. He's awesome. Hello there, my sexy BSers. It's uh, Stefan Dragonspawn from Kanakistan. Um, I just finished listening to the episode of uh, Bad Dice, and I think um, we all know one player or have been that player where the dice grow cold. Um, it seems like yeah, you made some really great points. Uh, sometimes, though, I think um, as a player, we need uh, to find out new ways to, let's say, change our own luck, do something uh, to do, to motivate us still. Um, maybe as fellow players, if another player at the table um, we see is struggling, or if we're the GM, to stay attentive to what's going on at the table, offer alternatives um, so that they don't feel useless, as you mentioned, um, as well as uh, just making sure we stay positive. Because even if we're still playing and rolling badly, eventually the dice will turn around. Uh, Maybe for some players like Sean, it doesn't happen as often. But eventually, you do get that one role that will be a success, even if it's not a critical success. You will miss every shot that you don't roll. So you may as well keep rolling, and eventually you get you will get one, which might improve your morale and uh, turn your luck around, hopefully. Anyway, great episode. And since this is a week just before Christmas, 
Merry Christmas to you, your family, and all my fellow uh, BSers out there. Have a great time, and uh, yeah, keep those guys hot. Bye. As as they say in some circles, every dog does have its day. Its day, yeah. Yes, I think there's a one of the things I love, Stefan, that you that you brought up there was to the stay positive piece, and it's it is hard to do, and I think that is. Um, what? Well, Sean's always had. I know. I, uh, <coughs> I, I'm trying to be more positive in the hobby, but when I'm at the table and my dice don't go well, I mean, it's tough. <laughs> it's off. It's off the table. It's off the table. <laughs> Everything is. I just like the table on fire. Sometimes, literally. Yeah. yeah. I do find that um, when when the dice do suck, um, even as game master, I've done it for my friends when their dice are terrible. My buddy Dave the other night, we were playing my Greyhawk game. And he was rolling abysmal. He's like, I can't make a goddamn save. I'm like, holy shit, how much are you missing by? He's like, I'm missing by like two or three. So every time he rolled the save, I made a, a mini, not a production of it, but okay, all right, stop everybody. We need some good vibes here. Hang on. Zave's making a saving throw. Click. Ah, shit. Wasn't good enough. And then and then he then I would look at like Alpha and say, It's your fault. You were not you were not producing enough goodness on the table. It's your fault the Zave can't roll. And then he failed next one. I blame Lenny or whatever it was. Not making a joke out of Zave, but just trying to lighten the mood because he was getting legit bummed out because a lot of bad negative things were happening to him because he was failing saving throws and they were starting to pile up. But he was getting very, very frustrated. And each of these combats, these encounters, something when the dumb thing was going to happen, it was going to happen to Dave. And it was just a lot for him to, to chew on. So being positive and helping um, to pick people's spirits up. I think in uh, is a pretty damn important. I think that's a good. I think that's a that's a good comment, Stefan, and I like it. I think it's it's a whole bot. You know, being positive force in RPGs outside of the table and even at the table when you see someone struggling, just being a nice person to them and helping trying to rally them up a little bit. I think that's a good idea. I like that. It's good advice. It is good advice. Here's the second half. Second. Hey, oh, hold on a second. I had ads. He called. Hung up the phone and I was like, I gotta call. Him I got back. more. I got more. Yeah, I got more. Yeah. So. Got more. Got more. Right, here he Hit goes. Me. Hello again, uh, Stefan Dragon Spawn again. I just had another thought, so I apologize for spamming the voicemail uh, so much. But concerning Sean's comments about different systems working differently, I agree um, that some systems, are, such as the narrative dice in Genesis or Savage Worlds, you can use degrees of success and failure. Uh, in Genesis, you can fail with some advantages, which happened to me, or sometimes you succeed with something catastrophic happening, uh, i.e. a despair. In Savage Worlds, one could interpret the dice a little differently as well, where you succeed uh, with multiple raises, so even though it's not a technically a critical, they don't have criticals in that system, you could succeed uh, with a much better result than a basic success where you just meet the target number. But when some systems, such as a pass-fail system, failing uh, is often just that. Uh, nothing bad happens other than just failure. Um, there was a discussion with uh, a few friends of mine and a few others that had different views about how the narrative dice um, encourages bad role-playing, bad GMing uh, in his uh, perspective because he says, well, if you 
if you succeed or, or, or fail, but not something bad supposed to happen, you roll threats. Uh, whether you succeed or not, something bad happens when you roll uh, multiple threats or a despair. So the GM is encouraged to have something uh, inconvenient, at the very least, happen to the players. His argument was that, well, I could do that in a Savage Worlds or D20 system, have something bad happen, uh, even if the, the character succeeds, for example. But why would a GM do that? In my opinion, the system does not support it. It would seem to me to be a dick move, even if I was a GM. Like, I wouldn't want to have the monster with a trip uh, the hero just because the the hero in question succeeded uh, a hit or trip attempt uh, or whatever, uh, he succeeded. That's it. He manages to get uh, the result that he wanted, that he was aiming for. If I suddenly impose a, a failure uh, arbitrarily because I, I think it would help the story, that might be a dick move. Uh, in Savage Worlds, though, if... And he, and he it cuts him off because it's – look, if you call in to the voicemail line, it's going to cut you at three minutes, just so you know. But he calls back and says, just to wrap it up, and then he reiterate, reiterates what he just mentioned, which is if you got to have everybody on board with the particulars of the system, specifically, I think what he's referring to is ones that may allude to the fact that they don't have the nuances that – the narrative dice system does where you could succeed yeah, with a setback, if, blah, blah, blah. So a while back we talked about this and I've, um, it's a add on that I want to bring into the next time I run a D and D game, my first edition game, because I think it'd be a lot of fun right. is instead of have instead of the character dying, right. Or going unconscious. Cause I pound the fuck out of them by a big troll comes up and whales on the character. Um, I can say, well, you can either sacrifice that plus two plate mail. The troll destroys that. Or you go to the negative five hit points. See, I don't, do I, don't I don't like that. I'll well, tell I don't you care. I, I don't care if you don't like it. What I'm fair. saying is it's that's an fair. option. It's and an, if, that's different, though. I still think no, no, that's no. different. No, it's not. Yeah, it is. Okay, you're wrong. Um, you're, but, you're, you're the, wrong the, 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 I know. But the, what I'm saying, <laughs> I'm saying with much more conviction. Um, the point, though, is that it, if I'm going to do something like that, whatever it is, whatever, uh, it, if you're going to use a narrative die approach or change things around or take a mechanical something or other. Um, and not everybody is on board with it. That can be pretty difficult to do, like to just spring it in there if it's incongruous, right? Which is where I think he's, Stefan's talking about here is like, if I'm doing it to soften the fact that Sean's having a bad die night, it feels a little hokey. It does. I would agree. You know, and if it's not, there is um, the concept of the referee trying to be impartial and you know adjudicating and, and doing thus and such. And if you're taking it easy on so-and-so because Brett's just having an off night, it doesn't really make me feel any better. Right. It makes me feel like you're pandering to me. Yes. Right? That, that, that's not lifting up my spirits. That's actually you're putting on kid gloves because poor little Brett, he can't roll tonight. It just That's how I would feel. I would feel... Like, really? You're talking down to me at this point. I'd be angry about it. The only reason I disagree with what you're saying is your approach specifically in that regard, mm -hmm. to me, is more of a negotiation back and forth. Like, you could do that, but, which is fine. I'm not saying you can't, but yep. I, th I think what 
I'm, I don't know about Stefan, but as far as I'm concerned in some of the dice of rolling badly or rolling well, but then with a setback, most of the systems don't have that built in. First of all, like they don't, they don't have them built in. They just, yes, you can implement it. Yes. You can make a house rule, Mm -hmm. but opening the book and saying, if you, unless, well, there's the critical. Okay. All right. Guilty. You got the critical. You got the fumble. Got it. Okay. One in 20. Got it. But, and you got raises on Savage Worlds and Savage Mm. Worlds. But what I'm trying to say is if you, if you were to say in D&D 5e and you, Brett said, hey, here's kind of the deal. I want to put this thing into place. You'd have to kind of mechanize it, in my opinion, to say, if you succeed, but only succeed within five, then you succeed. But I'm going to kind of change things up a little bit like the rules are the rules already allow for that if you put a casino in 5e okay i think randy puts me in check yeah he he does (laughs) right great fantastic Mm. i'd be surprised at how many DD players might actually know that out of the box having said that that's if you so if i did this with if i started fifth edition tomorrow and i said okay and i never said anything and i say oh great you roll okay dc it's a dc 10 all right i rolled an 11 okay you succeed you jump over the chasm um and you get across um but when you do uh it's a bunch of you know it's ice and you're you're slipping and you're prone no wait a minute i succeeded on my die roll i should just be able to jump across and i'm there Potentially, yeah. why, why, why are you being a GM now? I'm, I'm prone. What the hell's the, what with that, Sean? Well, the other option on there is say, okay, you made you jumped across. It's great, but as you're landing, like, wow, that's really icy. Give me a deck save to see if you can stay standing. Okay, Th- cool. That I made the sure. jump. Give me another. Give me another deck. Give me a deck sure. check. Deck save sure. to see if you can stay standing. And to me, that's a lot yeah. of what fifth edition is kind of like. You kind of make it, kind of not. Maybe something happens, and then there's another check. <clears throat> so the. I'm comparing two different systems is the problem. You are. It, it is It is difficult. So I, I think the main thrust of what Stefan was talking about, though, is that if you <clears> – it's kind of a dick move to try if, to help somebody out by, like, in, suddenly bringing up a, well, you made it because you only failed by two. I'll say you made it, but you're prone. Or because right, you only failed by two. the opposite way. So you actually yeah, like, failed, like, but you were close. Yeah, but I'm going to let you have a little bit of something. It, it's, it's pandering is kind of what it feels like. It feels like you're – yeah, it's kind of a dick move. I agree. I like it. Yeah, I agree too. I agree on both sides. Like, if you're playing yeah. like pass oh, fail, and then all of a sudden the GM starts making these weird conditions. Yeah, and know. we've talked about that before with like your session zero or saying, hey guys, I've been listening to these two idiots on this podcast and they came up with this conditional idea. And I think it'd be a lot of fun. Can we try it this session? We go, sure. Okay, let's try it. As opposed to the fight's fast and furious. Five other opportunities potentially to introduce that condition or whatever, you know, you, you know what I mean? It's like, yeah. if it's not clean and clear as to what you want to try to do, right? And everybody agrees, like, oh, that sounds like that's uh, sure a little bit of wishy washy in the mechanics component, but eh, I think we can make it work. Let's just see how it goes. Everybody buys it. Oh, you're off and running. So, yeah, I like that. That makes sense. Cool. Cool. All right, man. You ready? Yeah, who's this, me or you? This is you. All right, Edwin Nagy writes in about bad dice. Shout out to Luau Lu 
and this old dungeon podcast. Lou Alu, he's he's I, I've ran into Lou Alu. I think he's listening to us. Maybe maybe. Uh, who's had me on a few times as a guest host? Well, he has some good taste in guest hosts. Then, damn right he does. We got sidelined last time by a conversation about gaming safety tools such as the X card and the impossibility of predicting what triggers might be relevant to discuss ahead of time. Episode 370 proved this out in a surprising, to me, fashion. The same oh, episode also highlight, highlighted, at least and probably only for me, the impossibility of keeping politics out of gaming. What? You say? Interesting. Are you going on about? The episode was about what to do when players roll poorly, which is true. It's true. That's what it was about. It was. So, so Edwin, what the what the hell happened here, what, man? What is he talking about? He says, Lay it on at, me. at some point in the past decade, I realized that I had become extremely, and I would add overly sensitive to opinions, feelings, and lies being paraded about as facts. Yeah, me too, man. Jokes about bad dice, trading out dice because they're unlucky, dice prisons, etc. no longer just leave me flat. They scare me. <laughs> they make me realize how amazingly irrational and superstitious we all are, and that in turn reminds me of how dangerous that thinking can be. No matter how long a streak of good or bad rolls a person has had, I absolutely refuse to believe past random performance predicts future random behavior. Spoken like a true engineer. Uh, even granting slightly non-uniformly random dice, I don't think any normal die is out of true enough for a person to notice it under normal usage. So what? Well, as usual, you guys gave lots of great advice, but I think the keystone or foundation stone or whatever stone came from Sean. What? Oh. The issue is not the dice. The issue is the combination of the psychology of the person playing and the type of being game being played. In some types of games, some people magnify the failures to the point where that's what everybody remembers. Once a person has recognized this about themselves with a specific game, the person could choose to stop playing the game or figure out a way to play it differently as you advised. Other people disproportionately magnify the successes in those same types of games and probably enjoy them a whole lot more. In perhaps my most embarrassing public email, and at the risk of outing myself as a crank, I'm sketching out my hand to touch the X card conveniently left in front of me to ask gently that we try not to say that it's a fact that Sean can't roll dice. If it's true, my entire worldview collapses and I'm not ready for that. If it's if not if it's not true, and it's not, then it's not a fact. From one superstitious gamer to another happy gaming, Edwin uh, the Crank. <laughs> huh. You know, Edwin, I, uh, after we got some email, we got some feedback last episode we talked about, and I'm like, no, 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 no. And I kind of doubled down. I know Sean can't roll. I've been thinking about it <laughs> since I said that. I'm like, did I, did I go a little overboard on that? I was kind of a dick. Was I, was I a dick? Blah, blah, blah. And Edwin, yeah, I, uh, I think I was kind of a dick there to uh, uh, Mirko and uh, perhaps a couple other people there. I, yeah, I think you're right. It is. Um, it's not a fact. You're right. It's true. Yeah, yeah, what you're saying here makes sense to me. I like it. And I think there is. It's there a figure is, of speech, although I understand that word usage nowadays is 
at a like dangerous high. Yeah, and it, it words have power, which we've talked about many times in the past, and it's yeah. very true. If I say if I say some ex-cathedra statement like Sean cannot roll dice, and that is a fact. Does right. he have no hands? Is he un- does he not own dice? Is he physically incapable or emotionally incapable of rolling dice? Why can he not roll dice? It may be true that he seems to have bad luck from my perception, or my perception is that he seems to have a bad day, blah, blah, blah. But I think the important part here, what you're talking about, is the psychology of the person playing the type of game being played. It is very true, and I think that goes back to what Stefan was saying and what Sean and I tried to talk about in the, the better mindset, kind of rallying around it, is... <laughs> As goofy as it is, like if the only things you talk about are derisively hammering Sean and Brett because they, quote unquote, couldn't roll a decent die all night, half joking, half mocking, right? That that can kind of bring a person down. And the only people that post game you talk about that, wow, that was a great game. And the only time you say that is when you had nothing but a lot of really big successful die rolls, right? If that's what kind of turns you and makes you say hey this is great this is fun this is a good time and i I think that's where if we get into what else did we find out (coughs) excuse me did we unlock another story coupon did we figure out more plots about the npc Have we figured out some piece of data that we didn't have before checking it on checking it off drawing a connection you know those non-dirally things the other cool stuff we did highlighting those things um can be just as important as a group not only from the game master's perspective but from the player side, highlighting that other cool stuff that people do and that happens in the game takes the pressure off the dice, right? And whether or not you're having a lucky day or an unlucky day or whatever you know phraseology you want, we want to use, focusing on the progress the group made or even as a group go, man, hell of a fight. I can't believe we survived, but you know what really sucks? I don't think we learned anything new tonight. Everyone goes, oh, yeah, that's right, man, Jesus wow, we wasted a lot of time in a big brawl we kind of got ourselves into, but man, we did not really, oof, we're going to be hard-pressed to pull ourselves for, you know, that a different type of narrative post-game instead of just talking about the higher die rolls and low die rolls. And then, of course, not bagging on the poor person who's having a bad day. So, Edwin, I don't think you're a crank. I think what you said there makes sense. And um, a couple other people called it out. I think Mirko called it out last time, like, uh, hey, Brett, that's not that's not what it. It's not how that works. <laughs> <laughs> and I kind of doubled down like a, like a jerk. Uh, so yeah, yeah. yeah thanks, thanks Edwin. Scolding me. I deserved it though, Edwin. Thank you. All right, old school DM. I'm a little on torn on this one. I'm a little torn on this one. Yeah. Should I, hold on. I want to. I want to just play this for just a second before you go into yeah. this one. All right. All right. Hold on a second. Go for it. I I think. So if I were playing a game like Genesis, mm-hmm. Fantasy Flight game, Star Wars, the narrative dice system, dice pools, uh, like Year Zero Engine, like Forbidden Lands, some of those games wouldn't bother me if I had crappy dice rolls. Because of, narr- of the narrative aspects of it? Because of the narrative aspects of it. Because you can – people would say – Dude, failure sometimes is a fun part of the game. But it I think it depends on the game that you're playing. I, it absolutely does. I mean, yeah. if you if you look at the, the fail forward concept, right? Like you're talking about, um, let's take um part of the apocalypse games, you know. Yeah. You win but or you fail, however. Yeah, you're you're dead right. Some of those it does depend on the game. 
and how the game is being run. Yeah, those don't like I could play Star Wars and fail all day and not really have not even would, feel it. Would not a big big uh, big deal. Plus, you can fail in those games and have advantage. Correct. Right. That's part of the show. And I think with some games, like if I, you know, played Pathfinder, D and D five E, you know, your traditional fantasy game. That's a pass fail. That's it. You roll pass fail. Now I understand that you can narrate like the, the outcome or whatever, mm-hmm. but it is pass fail. There, it, it, people people will say that it's not. You know, you can implement these degrees of failure if you fail by five or more and sh- stuff like that. But let's face it, you roll the dice, you don't hit the target number, it's a fail. Boom, bam, done, move on. Yep, you can um, you get in multiple fail states. There's different tweaks and things you can do, but. Hmm. Proceed. All right. You're still wrong. Um, ooh, says old school. It was strange to hear uh, Brett be the voice of conciliation up against Sean playing the part of exaggerated 5e check suck position. Clearly, I have some thoughts. <laughs> the good news is I've shared many of them here before, so they'll just be links. Um, this is in our, <coughs> excuse me, this is in our forums. Uh, first, Sean, I call BS on a fail check means you get nothing trope. It can be like that, as typical for combat slash saves, but it isn't the only option. Rules is written. Here's an excerpt uh, from D&D 5B Player's Handbook. If the total equals or exceeds the DC, the ability check is a success. The creature overcomes the challenge at hand. Otherwise, it's a failure, which means the character or monster makes no progress towards the objective or makes progress combined with a setback determined by the DM. The uh, rules as written clearly state the DM can do whatever they like with the role that doesn't meet the target number. I wrote previously about this and how there are three states of information when related to the ability checks. Talking about D&D, when talking about game mechanics such as ability checks, I'd really prefer to hear about good examples instead of constantly complaining about bad examples, such as trying checks over and over or critical clues missed because of bad design. Here are some counterpoints in the, to the podcast. Not all perception checks involve critical information. Let's not assume they always do. It's okay to have someone miss a distant footfall or not be able to make out the details uh, in a con. Are some DMs out there that run all ability checks too much like combat? I was like that a long time ago, but saying there are so many bad DMs out there is beyond unhelpful, (laughs) but an unforced foul on your part, Sean. In my opinion, it violates uh, your very own motto, be a positive force in tabletop RPGs. It's getting cut into the quick there. A positive version might be something like, how can we help DMs use the second option for failure that's already in the rules as written? Turning back to player facing options where your dice go cold, or for any other reason you don't feel like <laughs> rolling or taking a forward-facing posture. There are many dozen of uh, support actions available. Again, rules is written, which I detailed here. There's team mechanics, um, still hold to being a great whatever class player makes for a strong team play. So I'm taking a few hours to sort out through the player's handbook for specific mechanics. He's, he talks about, there's a link to the post there. That, that was actually pretty good. We did call out help mechanics and other things in the podcast as well. So far, I've mentioned nothing other than 5e rules as written, source included, but I'd like to applaud Brett for taking talking extensively about player actions that aren't covered in any rulebook, encouraging players to petition their DMs for creative interpretation. This isn't a strange or unusual thing, but has been a core to D&D game design for at least as far back as 1e. That's how we have always played the game. I hope gaming and BS continues to encouraging this level of creativity, no matter the conflict resolution mechanic. Lastly, I put one more link here related to the one house rule that I use that seems to combat the bulk of problems related to cold dice. 
So we tell Lincoln here. Um, I still look at what some some folks have called this selfish play in to him in the past, but in practice, it's encouraged team decisions about what roles most important to the group in real time. Um, so he's got a link there to to his little. Um, basically, what it does, it grants a token for a natural one role, encourage sharing of the resource for success when it matters. So what he's got is you know failure provides tokens and so forth. He's got a link out there to his. Um, in the uh, in the notes there so so sean you say you're conflicted i want to get to um what did you say that or, or why are you conflicted there well i th- thought i covered like it wasn't it could have it could be different for a dm doing 5e like i didn't say like it's pass fail but i think it's that's my understanding with 5e is and i would say a majority of games that I've played with in five fifth edition to include my own as a game master probably mm-hmm. is more just, okay, you missed, let's go. Okay. You succeeded. Great. Congrats. Is that for skill checks or combat? Both. So, I mean, what we, there's what some we narrative, get... there's some narrative, right? Somebody's going to go, all right, so, okay, I'm going to go out and I'm going to reach for the rope. You know, I'm going to do this and you're like, okay, give me that, a check. And you're like, Oh, that's you, not, you that's failed. Not the rule though. That's not the rule. You mean as far as like not being able to, the GM can do whatever they want is what it's saying, basically, right? They Otherwise, it's failure, which means a character or monster t- makes no progress towards or makes progress combined with a setback determined by the DM. That's a right. rule. It's in the player's handbook. Right. So they, I could, as a game master, say, okay, you actually do grab the rope, but it just keeps pulling out of the side of the mountain, yep. right? Yep. And you keep slipping, yep. which, which is fine. And I do see. I, I don't. I don't hear that often in in D anD. don't hear the success and the failure, and the setback. The setback is not. So here's the deal. I think it is. It's there. It happens. But in, I think the setback is. It occurs, the, but it may not be fail- a direct. It's not like what you're trying to accomplish. Right. True. Yeah. So it depends on how you want to do the setback. But I think what's happening, and I believe this is probably where Randy's coming to it, and I get a little annoyed at this too, is like D&D is always X. And it's a tweet usually. So it's however many characters you get. What are you getting? A tweet? 200? 240. 240 characters. 280. It's a a 200-character length of D&D sucks because of X. Right? That's incredibly common that type of statement and one of the things that's very common to be said is well it's, not, it's just pass fail no it's not it is not rules is written as he calls out it is not it can be make no progress or make progress combined with a setback both are possible that's What's not combat let's read this fucking rule if the total equals a or exceeds the dc the ability check is a success the creature overcomes the challenge at hand Otherwise, it's a failure, which means the character or monster makes no progress towards the objective or makes progress combined with a setback determined by the DM. So one of the things I like that excuse me, that Randy's talking about here is that from a player's perspective is not being a rules lawyer jerk, right? And saying, well, the rule says I could do that, but a setback determined by you. So let's negotiate a possible setback here. But I think, you know, petitioning for that saying hey you know well it, or it could be a set we could make progress plus a setback here we could have a different there could be a different outcome um 
yeah, there's there are people who do that. I can tell you when you play Avalon with me, I don't do that most times. Unless it's like, no, you failed because you can't catch the guy or whatever the case is, or you, you fail and you slip, adding narration to it. It's not just trying to make the the failure seem interesting, but it's like you've made progress, but something is, you know, some kind of setback. You tweaked your ankle, whatever happens there. I think it is more fashionable to only talk about the pass fail, and it's not very fashionable to talk about the other part of the rule. I I think that when we sometimes talk about a game, mm-hmm. regard I say we collectively, like the hobby. No, no, yeah. Go. When we like, talk about I... a game, I think mm-hmm. when something is is brought up and if, if it's in a negative connotation, there is a very there are sometimes when we take great umbrage at that for whatever reason. Oh yeah. No, no, you're you're dead right there. Yeah. Right. There's there's certain things people have said about games that I love. Yeah. Right? And someone will say something very negative about it. Um and my one of my first instincts is, well, fuck you, you know what you're talking about. Yeah. You know what you're talking about. Right. Yeah. And God, we're already that far into this. I can't believe um I just what if it is pass fail? What if what if if that rule wasn't in there and all along Sean's been playing D and D fifth edition? You hit the target number, you succeed or higher, you succeed, and if you don't, you fail. Now, well, somebody it, would argue th- it the is beef in there, is because it's not true, right? I don't understand what you're saying. If it's not there, but it is there, the you're pass fail. No, the the progress combined with a setback. You're saying what if it's only pass fail? It's right? Not. It's not. That's the beef. That it's not, because I, I guess yeah, my, it's not. It literally is not. It's, but no, I don't know anybody that know. I don't know any. Brandy knows that rule. I didn't never knew that rule. I didn't know that rule. was an actual rule that you could actually we didn't read our make progress, which we've already admitted. Yeah, make no. progress combined with a setback. Who so in D and D? I want. I want like. I'm going to start watching actual plays, man, because I don't know a DM that runs like that. Brett, you're telling me that I can actually succeed on a check and then. You're going to give me a setback, even though yes. I failed the check. No, no. If you fail the check, yeah. I may give you progress with a setback. Yes, I do that often in my 5e games. Yep. I do it. Oh, man, I got to look this up. <laughs> so I I do believe that. Hmm, how do I do this? If the rule. So if that rule like, hey make progress combined with a setback determined by the DM. If that is not stated repeatedly in certain cases, right? So hmm, how do we do, how do I say this here? So if you make a statement and if then, or, or, you know, this or that, and you make it once in a paragraph of a 20 page chapter, it can easily get lost and forgotten. And the core mechanic is at the beginning of the game, it says, hey, here's how you play. The core mechanic is basically this. You get a difficulty number, be it called an armor class or a DC or whatever you want to call it. If you beat it, you succeed. If you don't, you fail. That's the gist of the game. We teach that to people, right? We teach that to them. And it's you teaching that to people. And it's in the, I believe it's in the, I don't have my player's handbook in front of me. But a lot of times at the beginning of any game system, they'll say, hey, by the by, I shouldn't say any, 
a lot of new games. Like I'm reading my uh, Vasen rules and Vasen saying, hey, this is basically how it works. You get, you know, X number of D6s, you roll them, six is equal to success, otherwise a failure. Okay, got it. Now, I, as an experienced gamer, I'm like, huh, well, once I read the combat rules, the actual skill check rules, the actual this, this, and this, I'm sure it's more nuanced than that. But D&D has a very, um, but I could see it definitely coming across as like, that's the answer. Because my friends, when we sit down to play it the first time, how does this game work? Well, you grab a handful of D6s based on this plus this, and number sixes are successes. And then they roll a success. And I say, oh, I'm sorry, in this case, that doesn't work because of this weird edge rule or something I didn't explain to you. Oh, okay. But D&D is, historically speaking, because D&D is very combat-oriented, right? It is. It derives from combat miniature yes. game. Fact. I, I, yeah, I, I know that. I know <laughs> yeah, that. I know. So, you but do, Brad. because there's a lot of there's a lot of combat in the game, so you're reading a lot of these rules, and um, not every gaming group or gaming table plays D and D without a lot of combat. And the other stuff can be, from my experiences, can be more of a sideline where people aren't having conversations and doing certain types of skill checks, or the skill checks tend to be either in combat or a do this or take damage situation, right? Make the skill check to climb it. If you fail, you fall and take damage or whatever it is. It's often presented as a combat type of situation. And when we as game masters or we as players are looking at everything in Dungeons and Dragons as like a combat, it's like something to be defeated, right? I've got to fight it. Over, I it's meet th- something to be overcome. Something right? to be overcome yes, every time. Defeated, right. as, as opposed to like, well, I, I talked to the queen I'm trying to get some information. What's a DC? It's a 13. Ah, shit, I rolled a 12. Well, hang on a second. She starts to give you the answer, and she says X, Y, Z. And then she realizes she said too much, and she stops talking immediately. And she shuts down the conversation and walks away. You're positive that she is now angry with you, blah, 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 blah. There's progress there. She said X, Y, and Z, but the setback is the queen has now turned you off. She will not talk to you anymore this evening. Fuck, we screwed that up. Goddamn. Well, if I only missed by one, right? Um, and we talk about that oftentimes in 5e, like it's this new, not a newfangled thing, but it's like a hack. We talk about it like, hey, here's a way you could do this. Interpret the dice. Isn't, wasn't, isn't that kind of cool, kind of neat? <laughs> and I will admit that I was, I'm, I try to put a little bit more of a mechanical approach to it with Avalon, where I say, look, if you fail by five, it's this. If you fail by this, it's this. I tried to mechanize a little bit more because this statement, um, if you do not have more to back it up, and I have it's not. It's loosey-goosey. It is, it is a, little on the, it's a little on the thin side. So if you want to have a mechanism that says, well, if I fail by one, is the setback worse than a fail by five? Is that setback worse than a fail by ten? Right. How, 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 what, what, what's that? Give, give me some examples. So this rule being here, and this is where I haven't read, I haven't gone back, Randy, so I apologize, but I'm going to go through my PHB and the DMG just to see if there's some examples. But when they have a rule like this, usually there's a nice example with it saying, hey, this happened, this happened, this happened, something to help back it up to give the dungeon master and the players an idea of, oh, this is how this could play out. And when you provide good examples, <coughs> excuse me, damn it, with those, with these type of rules, 
or the statement, which is a rule, right? Um, then it gives us something we can work with. But this is, Randy, and this is, I'm not trying to be offensive here, but it's almost a throwaway comment, right? It's there, but I need to look at my player's handbook, because do not have it in front of me to, uh, to verify, is there anything surrounding it that helps to give this comment, hey, you can make progress combined with a setback determined by the DM, example one through four, or hey, here's how it works, or whatever the case is. And when I read some of the um, published adventures, uh, Rhyme of the Frostmaiden, I, I have read the whole thing a couple times. I do not recall when they call for skill checks in those where they give examples of potential setbacks. So that could be because I breezed over that. It's just something that I do and that I, I didn't think about it. But I don't recall reading that or anybody else has, reads one and says, when you're talking to Strahd in Curse of, if you fail this type of check, here's some potential setback options for you. They would say, you could get something out of him if you, if you, you could get, hmm, Strahd perhaps a bad example. So there's an NPC you could, you could talk to whom his name is Billy. You're going to go talk to Billy and if you, to try to get something out of him, you could do intimidation check of 20 or this or that or that and this and so on. Okay, great. Try to intimidate him. Fuck, that didn't work. He's not intimidated. <clears throat> okay. There's no example in the stuff I have read. And if other people have examples that I'm not thinking of, tell us because this would be great to see. And I think it's from a word count perspective, quite frankly, and just from a shit on the page. If in, you know, out of the abyss and Rhyme of the Frostman. If they have, I'll go through my rhyme book, but if they have like, hey, if you fail the skill check, here's some setback examples that could logically happen given the situation, that would be very helpful and that would stress it. I don't know if that's happening because I, I make up my own stuff. <coughs> Excuse me. But in the published adventures, if they have those examples called out, I think that would reinforce this component and that could be why, Sean, it's missing. Because I'm running a published adventure. And I come up across Billy. And I can either intimidate him or persuade him. I choose to persuade. You failed. There's nothing in the published adventure that says, here's an example. If you fail, buy this, then this. If it is out there, I'm just missing it. Somebody call me out. I'm totally fine with that. I think there's but I get your, I get you, yes. so I, I get your I get your consternation and you're like but no one plays it like that I think people do but it's not it's not a huh. I think people do but to be honest I didn't realize it was a rule either I didn't realize it was actually written down it's just a thing I do so yeah. I thought I thought I was applying a little homebrew hacky thing to how I did my no, you were doing it. Rules is written, Brett. But apparently I'm playing rules is written. Some bitch, you know. But I, here's here's I get your the point. <laughs> here's the thing. It's it they don't it's it, in the rule is written, it's either you hit the target number and exceed or exceed it and you you succeed, period, end of discussion, or you fail or or you make progress combined with a setback determined by the DM. Mm -hmm. So it's an or like you can, but you don't have to. Yes, it's, a, it's either or. So the option, both options are there. Right. And, and I, I think my beef is 
that it's kind of like whatever your game master wants to come up with because that's and that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. But let's for Randy's sake and for what Randy's put out there, I'm going right off exactly what he wrote in Star Wars Edge of the Empire and Fantasy Flight Games and some other games. There is no or it's yeah, this so- is what happens. <laughs> if you fail, you don't do you don't accomplish what you're ta- attempting to do. And and not an or and there is either a setback or an advantage. Correct. So the the operative word in here is or as we just said, words have power. Right. So when you say you make no progress or you make progress. So I as a game master and Randy says this, are there DMs that run all ability checks too much like combat? I think that's a I think that is absolutely true. And I think the the answer here is that they're they're choosing to do that because perhaps they have read the rule and it says or and they go, well, this is easier. I don't because know. Because I'm, I'm seriously, though, yeah, if, you, I don't know. If, if you read other games that have setbacks as a necessity, right, they are a thing that you do. It's core to it. There's plenty codified. of example. Codified. Yes. yes, it's very codified. There's plenty of examples and ways to go at like, hey, if this happens in this case, then this can occur. If this, then this. If this, then this. I tried to do some of that stuff when I wrote um, Blacksmith's Folly, my Avalon adventure, where at the end of it, I'm like, look, depending what happens, here's some potential things that could occur. Depending on how the players go about, there's things that could happen. Do they kill this person? Do they, do they talk it over? Do they do this? Do they succeed? Do they fail? Um, whether I did a great job of that, I, I obviously always get better. But the, the point is, is that when you have an or in there, you could choose to ignore it. And that person isn't doing anything wrong. It's just a styling game you don't like. Right? <laughs> well, I think there's... Because if you're it playing it rules... I'm just saying, if you, if you want to play it as rules as written, the answer is, well, I choose not to use the or makes progress combined with setback because fuck all that, it's either pass fail. You could do that if you Correct. want to. Yes. But I think what happens then is that what Randy's saying is then people focus on that style of D&D. Correct. When yeah. in fact, there is another equally legitimate style of D&D because it's in the rules as written you know, supported, blah, blah, blah. Right. And I think the, without having read some of the published stuff, and that is, as Matt Colville would say, when they publish an, an adventure, like, you know, the Tiamat stuff or the Giants adventures, Storm King's Thunder, all that crap that they're putting, crap, oh my God, that's that's harsh. All that stuff they're putting out, <laughs> that crap. Stuff, yeah. that, that sounds terrible. Um, uh, when they put those adventures out, like Curse of Straw, which is a great adventure I played through, I have not read that one. So I don't know if it has examples Outside of the pass fail approach, I don't know. There are, I don't know if it curses Strata if there's written, but I've seen that in fifth edition product where it's like, okay, I'm pretty sure great. I have. Hey, if you've, by the way, if you try to do this and you fail by X amount, you're kind of SOL or whatever the yeah, case yeah. is. You know, the, the repercussions are kind of, kind of, they are more literate and, mm-hmm. and uh, spelled out. So, and as far as like shitty GMs, Hey, man, there are. There's just, I mean, yes, I want to be positive, but there are shitty GMs, and I qualified that on the forums. You know, yeah. like, not all game, not all game, like, all dungeon masters who do pass fail are shitty dungeon masters. Some of the the shitty dungeon masters and game masters that I'm talking about, frankly, should be the ones that should know better. Like, 
I think it's like porn. You know when when you see one or hear one. <laughs> like it's just yeah. that's the deal. You and I've um, had that experience. We've had so, we've had the experience together. It's a shared. I, I don't want to defend them. And frankly, if they if if they're that far down the road, I don't know if you could teach an old dog new tricks. Some well, of you I'll tell can. you what. I'll tell you what though. One of the nice things that when a guy like Randy is a master of the system, right? So I didn't know enough about Savage Worlds, and I made X number assumptions, blah, blah, blah. So yet Serrano and Ron, they come on here. Hey, man, this is how it works. I'm like, oh, 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 got it, got it, got it. The DCC thing. It's it, it, These are old episodes, right? But, you know, Jen Brakeman, hey, this is how this works. Oh, cool. Got it. Neat. I understand more. I read the rules. Oh, I get how this works. Oh, my God. Um, oh wow, this is a flujitsu thing. Wow, that's crazy. I don't know if I'd ever use that. I'm gonna get a. I'm gonna get a shirt with this <laughs> phrase on it. I'm gonna put it on a shirt. Probably or- get sued for it, but I don't care. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> I think one of the cool one of the things we should, and this is where um, where am I going? Anyway, the fact that Randy say, "Hey, look, it's in there. It's 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 there, right?" Sure. If if when if when we are talking about the game. And we're talking about it as like, hey, here's a cool trick you can use. It it is very hard because I am not playing that game only. Right? It's actually been a while since I've since I've played it. So I'm like, oh shit, I don't go back and reread my player's handbook on a regular basis. I haven't done that for a while. And you and I have talked about this before, where I have seven, eight different editions of the game in my head. You know? I, I, Magic missiles do a bunch of different things depending where you're at. At one point, they do D6 damage, and it's one missile that hangs out by you. You know, other ones, it's like three per level, and other ones, it's three out of the gate, and blah, blah, blah. So there's a lot of different tweaks and things, and nerf this, and overpower that, or wherever you want to define things in. So calling this out, I appreciate that Randy did this. I do understand what you're talking about, too, but I think what's interesting here is the or. I kind of wish it was an and. However, I believe one of them is easier. And this is kind of a, and this is where it sounds arrogant, but like, is the makes progress combined? Is that advanced, right? Is that like, oh, that's for, you know, senior game masters or dungeon masters to figure out? No, not necessarily. I think what would help that are the examples in the game, right? And that's where people, when they go back and play like a Power of the Apocalypse game or they've got a fail forward component, they go, oh, I could take that to my D&D game. It's already there in 5e. There's no examples codifying how it works. D&D runs on the GM is the is the master and what the GM says goes. It can. It can run like it, that, yeah. Rule zero, man. It's like in the, it's like in canon and carved in the. Ten commandments. I, I would of D&D. have to reread. I'd have to read my five E book to see if it's still there. I think. I think in five E, it's. God, I think it's in there. And I think there's. And that's not just D and D. It's not. Well, just the other D&D. components. There's other ones that, that are like the D. The DM has the last word. GM has the last word, right? And it usually I, comes down because well, you got two players, two players, and they're arguing together. If somebody has to be a ref, somebody you has to have to try a deciding to, vote. Right? Somebody has to try to decide how this is yeah, going to work. Yeah. And I think that's where we've talked about that before, where it's like. How do you decide stuff at the table? Do we all agree that we're this is going to be the swimming r- rules we're using for right now because no one can find the fucking swimming rules in this big mother fucking tome? Screw it. Let's just use these swim rules for now. Done. Move on. But we have to admit that the origins of D&D from like, I don't know, zero or D&D 0.5 or whatever, like white box all the way to like 
at least what first edition AD and D. Well, so there were no skills, dude, other than thief skills, right? So the thief yeah, had skills. There true. were no skill checks. So if you wanted to role play your way past something, you role played it. Right. You didn't check a skill. You didn't say, I try to intimidate. I Greyhawk it. Click. I rolled a 15. What do I get? That didn't exist. God, now I got to read all my goddamn D&D books again. Yeah. Jesus you had, you gave them, you gave them all to me. I don't know what you've got left. <laughs> I need them back, Brett. God, sorry. <laughs> They're right there. They look pretty. Can't have them. I get the PDFs. Okay. But anyway, I think there is, um, there's nuggets like this in some of these games. And I think it is very common for uh, us as gamers in general to deride a game be- and re- be reductionist or reduce it down to this. All it is is X. <laughs> it's, it's always pass fail. Somehow this turns into Sean hates 5e again. No, I don't, not, I don't, no dude. No, 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 no. I this, I, I'm, I'm reading this and I'm like, huh. I read this when Randy put up like, oh, son of a bitch. That's a rule. Yeah. Or makes progress. Well, by God, I've been I've been doing it quote unquote right ever since five E came out. Huh. I must oh, be neat. doing it. I'm probably doing it wrong. Well, what's interesting is it's an or. If again, words have power, you're you're not doing it wrong. If you're running it pass fail, you're not doing it wrong. Not at all. It clearly states or makes progress combined with that. You don't have to allow it. That's determined by the DM. And that's where I think another statement is when that's in the player's handbook that says as determined by the DM. Well, the piece that Randy's talking about as well, kind of at the tail end, is like having people talk about and players say, hey, could we, you know, can we have this make, can we use the or, can we use the combined progress piece? When it says determined by the by the dungeon master, a lot of times what I'll do in the player's handbook, right? So your player reading this through, say, oh, I have to rely on the DM to tell me if this is allowed or not. Yes, for that rule. <laughs> for the rule. It does, it's <laughs> as determined. So it does, it, it adds... Um, and that's a piece that D&D has had, as you said, like your sessions, like your um, rule zero, where the DM is the final arbiter. And a lot of that has to do with rulings over rules and blah, blah, blah. But um, is there a better way to, that wizards could phrase it? Is there a better way that they could provide more solid examples and encourage the other type of play? Yes, they could. And as I said, it's probably out there. I'm just not fully aware of it sixth because edition, I don't read the man, published stuff. Five, five, sixth edition. They're going to clear that up, man. They Watch. Might. Who knows? It's gonna be a completely different game. It's gonna be nuts. Demon Grinder says, "Seems like a semantic discussion. It is just much succeed with setback as it's moving the test from whether they grab the rope to swing over the pit to whether they land prone." Yeah. So, fine. So it when is, I it- ask somebody if somebody says, "Hey, I want to, sw- I'm gonna swing across, or I'm gonna grab the rope." Then mm-hmm. I go, okay, that's that's the test. They're, you're trying to grab the rope. Yes. Okay. Then you roll. And then I can say you, failed, you, failed you do grab, grab the, the di- you do grab the rope, but you don't hold on to it. Wah wah. Yep, you start to fall. Because you Catch. succeeded. You pe- yep, you wanna you wanna grab the rope? You grab the rope. Nice job. And then it flies right through your hand. Well, that's only if they failed. They no, fail their, they have to fail they the check. succeeded in grabbing the rope. No, otherwise it's a <laughs> failure, which means the character or monster or makes progress combined with a setback. That's if they don't equal or exceed the DC. See, you could get into wankery, man. You get me you at the table, totally I'll be wankery. like, "Hey, man, this rule." So the the reason the reason we're semanticizing the whole bullshit here is right. because because we're on a podcast. Number one, one that's what we do. 
Um, but two is that it's not just D and D five E rules as written is not bad. Is not absolutely have to be pass fail. It has an option. Oh, it's God. in there. Can't believe that's in there. And Sean just needs to start using it because he's. I'm going to put that out He'll there. Like, did you know this is a freaking rule? I think it would be very. Players are going to. Gonna, I'm going to get. I'm. I'm going to unite the players, and they're going to go completely <laughs> riot. It'll be a player shit. riot. No, I think it's. I don't have to succeed to make it happen. GM, no, I can fail and have still, a setback. Right. I could get some progress combined with a setback. Like that is totally legit. It's a yeah. possibility. Do so we know quit this is screwing a me over, roll? Brett? <laughs> I just don't like you, Sean. That's fair. Because you can't roll dice. Are we gonna are we gonna talk about a topic here? <laughs> no, we're gonna that? have to skip. We're gonna have to pass. Seriously? Gonna, All uh, right. Dude, it's like quarter after nine, man. Yeah, that's man. God, it went so fast. It did. It went really fast. No, this was. Right. We'll, we'll just take this topic and, and push it out. I think it's. It's interesting. Stefan, it's a good. Had some good stuff. Edwin, and then this one here. I think it's. Um, the other component here, the reason I, I like. Well, first off, just clarifying what's there, what's not, blah, 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 and getting some of the newly bullshit about the history of D&D. But when we talk about bad dice. This is one of those pieces where if you're having an off night and if you're. If you as game master for a D&D game or players and whatnot, if knowing that this is a, a rules was written type of thing, we can say, hey, is can we use that? Or wow. Or as you as game master, as Stefan said, though, not just using it as the progress with a setback card for the poor person who can't roll. Eileen's having a bad day. So here you go, Eileen. I'll let you make progress with a setback. But Sean's having good dice day, so when he fails, he just fails, right? We again, do it needs to be equally and evenly, fairly adjudicated, right? So if that's a piece you're going to use, if you want to play D and D like that, um, without a litany of examples, could, so it might much, be. There's so it much could be, it, it could be difficult for somebody to do. But the other component is that it might it will slow x it might slow things down for you as you figure out how to do it and how you want to do it and and so on and so forth. There's a lot in it, right? But the fact is that it's there and it can be done. And if you're doing that as a as a DM and as a table, one of the cool things about that type of mechanic, which is why we mentioned Power of the Apocalypse games and as Sean talked about um, some of the free league press stuff is that Failure doesn't hurt as bad. So when somebody's having a bad luck day and they're just they just can't roll above ten that night, or they're just failing everything, all the critical stuff they're failing left, right, and center, you say, "Well, we've been using this rule all along, so that's okay." Because in this case, you know, you jump over, but you fall prone, or whatever the case may be. <laughs> it's good stuff, man. In free league publishing, you could you could literally die from a mishap. Yes. Like it, you know, mishap, you roll on the mishap table and and hope you don't roll the shittiest result Dude, roll, on that roll, table. Roll master, you screw you screw up a you fumble on the wrong uh, movement, your fall turns into a die, you crush your skull and die. Right. That's a, that's a comment. <laughs> right. You know? yeah. And I know that. Like if we roll if enough ones and we push, those are gonna come into play and they're gonna be mishaps. Yeah, bad things will happen. And then we have to roll on the mishap table. It may be rare, but I might lose a limb, a foot, an ankle, whatever. That's a push your luck mechanic. At D&D, it's, it's just a different game. And therefore, with this particular rule in play, 
it's it's a little fuzzy to me. Yes, the rule is written out in text, but it's well, you could do it or like this or this. Where the other games are like, dude, this is the deal. So we talked about this before, is that, you know, do you prefer games that are more mechanized than I do type of thing, right? And I think what we're saying here is that, well, this goes right back to what we just said. If this was more mechanized, right. as far as like, look, I'll pat myself on the back with Chris and I with the um, with the Avalon thing. Like, look, if you miss by this, then this and this and this. You're trying to sure. give some kind of that, that, that span of what, what happens. If you fail by up to five, you fail by up to three, 10, whatever it is. And I don't, like I said, I don't know in the published adventures how they are, they being Wizards of the Coast and their published stuff, how they are helping to push the second component of that, the or. Are they doing it or are they not? I don't know. Because without examples and so on and so forth, it can be difficult for you to understand it. Because like, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait. So everything's pass fail except for sometimes what, what, when's a good time to use this? How should I use it? When I do use it, does it, do I accidentally fuck up my game? You know, there's questions around it. Which are legit questions. Yeah, this time I I can't allow that because you're going to F up my shit. Oh, wait a minute. Hold on a second. Or I have to do it. And I, right. again, it's just weird. Right. right. And right. I should, well, not just weird. It's, too, that, it's just so. Strong hey, look. If this game is, and frankly, I love, you know, I'm, I'm like, hey, let's whip out OSC, man. Let's get crazy. Let's get crazy. I'm crazy. Let's get crazy. Right. I don't have a problem. <laughs> With this stuff, I don't like, hey, good, cool, okay, pass, fail, don't, no pass, fail, uh, setback, yep. great. I just want to make sure that it's just because there's more of the fifth edition specifically that goes into that. And I'm talking about like there was a t- Brett, <laughs> we, haven't, we haven't even gotten to the tweet that you and I got it on Twitter where what's, I don't know, Rachel or somebody, Justine said something about D&D. Can't do horror. Is not a great game for doing horror. And well, can't, why? Can't do. Can't do. Can't do. It was a very bold, very was bold it statement. Was it can't do? It was a pretty bold statement, yeah. But she backed it up with why. Lies and, she lies and misinformation, yes. No, I'm kidding. I totally, <laughs> I totally, I totally <laughs> Which is fine, can. right? But, no, she backed my, up. Yeah, that's fine. And her point to, to what I found, like, hers wasn't like, you can't do horror and D&D. Pfft, you know, suck it. You know, and then, hey, f- bring on the, the tweets. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, she, it was, it was this it was is nice why, week. because in her specifically, her argument was in order to produce horror, you have to be, uh, it, it's what is it? How did she frame it up? You have Remove to be vulnerable. Agency. You have to be vulnerable. You have to be more like vulnerable. You have to kind of release some stuff because it's going to be out of your control, whatever, right? Yeah. D&D, as you are heroes in the game it's that component of being heroes and being tougher than everybody else some would say well my game isn't like that which is fine but like kind of the default is hey you're playing heroes and you're kind of the tough people of this world even at first level or you're rising above the commoners right you're not a blacksmith or a bartender because you're going out taking on dangerous stuff and because of that, you're having to relinquish the vulnerability, which actually can produce the horror pieces or fear or whatever. And Brett's like, that's bullshit. There's not more. Well, it's, it's like it's like anything else. So is it psychological horror? What types of vulnerability do you want to have? Blah, blah, fucking blah. There's a thousand different ways to 
relinquish or become vulnerable and terrify people and remove things of power or make things not work. Not just like, ah, it doesn't affect him or you need plus five or better to hit it. You know, like there's that other would, ways. That would bring horror on me. Like, it could absolutely bring horror on people. But there's other ways to do things. There's other ways to bring horror and fear and like we have to do something, right? There's ways to do it. And I'm not saying that it's perhaps for certain people easier in other games. Good for you. If the other game is easier for you, then go do that. That's totally fine. I'm not going to tell you you're doing it wrong. I don't care. I just like to pick on Sean. So when Sean, you, Sean replied something, and I thought so. I, I did so because I'm like, hey, she gets me. Um, but going back to to you, okay. So having said that, not to go down this freaking dead horse path, but having said that, you say, well, there's things that you can do. Yes. And I would argue, and I would say, great, Brett. Are those things within the confines of the rules as written? Yes. Okay. There's nothing in the rules that says I cannot utilize a plague that kills children. And then after the children are dead, they resurrect as vampires who then hunt down and kill their families. And then you find out, holy fuck, that's happening. Yeah. Wow. Why did that happen? Well, it's something you guys did. I mean, I can put child children in danger. I can make you scared that way. I can take it from, oh, your characters have families and backstories. Oh, awesome. Great. Guess what? I've got your mom, your dad, your family, your uncle, your Aunt May. I'm going to fucking murder her or this horrible disease is coming or whatever it is. Oh, now you're stuck in the ethereal plane. Why is that? Wizard put you there. Ethereal plane is totally there. You don't have any proper spells to do anything with. What are you going to do? And there's a marauder coming to chew on your head. How do you want to be? What what scares you? That's the other well, that's, component. What scares that, your character? Well, they, uh, I, but was it making somebody? Is there a difference between being scared and horror? Yes. Yeah. Being worried, nervous. And the other component is do you need to feel horror in order to play a horror game or can your character feel horror to play in a horror game? So there's, and this w- to me, I would say, what does that mean? What does it mean to be a horror game? Cause if you said, Hey, bad, bad, big, bad, evil guy is going to go and take your little kid as hostage and he's going to do something really bad. And for some people, that's I don't incredibly find that horror. as, it's so. some people you're right. You're right. Absolutely. For some people, it is actually, I cannot, I cannot, I cannot watch the movie, the road. I haven't said that is with Viggo Mortensen. That book is, I heard even worse. I will not watch that movie because that is a component is all my history of dead babies and how deep are they and blah, blah, blah. Now that is a type of horror to me that I can't, I will not deal. I will not watch. That will not be fun for me. No way. I have a very hard time watching um, Will Smith's I Am Legend because what happens to his family and his kids. Hmm. That is rough on me. I, he's super hard. I don't know why. I've seen other similar things in other films and read other books. Totally doesn't bother me. Totally fine. But for whatever reason, that moment, that pace, I can't do it. Hmm. That is more terrifying to me. The concept in the road and everything else that goes on that I've seen clips and pieces. I watched the, <laughs> I watched the trailer and went, that will scare the shit out of me. I can't do this. I will have nightmares for months. No fucking way. Not hmm. happening. Other things like, huh, wow, looks like a horrible monster eats people. Neat. 
Right. I'm like, wow, that's a werewolf movie. This will be fun. I like werewolves. Let's see how that goes. It's a horror movie. It's in the horror genre. So there's so much similar to what you talked about here with the with the or component and the rule. There's a lot to unpack with that. And that's why I flippantly picked on you and said, ha, ha, ha. No, you're doing it wrong. You can sit there with your wrongness. <laughs> there's so much. There's so much to unpack with it. Like, okay. What do you want out of a horror game? What do I want? What makes something horrible to you? What does blah, blah, blah. How, what, what is it? Some people like, well, it all has to do with feeling vulnerable. Well, what makes, what part of being vulnerable? Physically vulnerable? Mentally vulnerable? Emotionally I, vulnerable? I think, yeah. And I, I think you're on, I mean, I obviously you're onto something there, but I think also with D&D 5th edition, and you say, I'm going to, we're going to run a horror game with D&D mm-hmm. 5th edition. How is that facilitated specifically within fifth edition to make that happen? And I think there is a component of, hey, I'm Billy Badass and nothing scares me. And so how do you make that a thing if it's if horror? the only answer that your players have is on their character sheet, they can't it's harder to scare them or harder to make it horrible. Okay. Then we can agree <clears throat> on that. If you have, but there's nothing in D D that says the character sheet is the only answer. The character there's, sheet is the is the only answer, Brett. <laughs> there's nothing uh, there. First thing I do, too, is if I have a question, is go to my character sheet. So um, when you're playing Call of Cthulhu and you have a question, you don't bother to go to your little notes that said what the name of the librarian is and who is who you talk to and these cops and all the notes you took. Right? Yeah, I do. People I do, do that. that. People yeah. do that in Call of Cthulhu. It's the same thing in D&D. Yeah. The same type of thing. And if you're investigating something... What? But when we're comparing Call of Cthulhu with the indie, mm-hmm. the tone is different right off the bat. Oh yeah, yeah, and that's, You're and that's part of it is that D and D from a tone perspective. Yeah, you have to say there's going to be a horror game. We've talked about this this many yes. times. It's like yes. people have to get in on the tone. Yes, right. If you show up, and you're like, nope, I'm Billy Badass, motherfucker, and it's I kill everything that comes to me. That dude should not be playing this horror game with you because he has already told you. They've already said, I don't want to play a horror game. I want to mer- be a stronger, tougher, and unkillable. They don't want to play this game. Right. They should be like, thank you very much. Please go play some somewhere else with somebody else. I agree. And that that is a huge component, I think, of when, for me, when people have a really bad experience with a game, when I push, I find that, I'm going to generalize, three quarters of the time, they're un, unhappy with something that happened in the game. A player, the way the game was run, the way players reacted. It's a people thing and not necessarily a game thing. That's <laughs> right? a good point. Yeah. I, I, I see that happen quite often where somebody said, I tried to play D&D in high school. Oh, did you have fun with it? Eh. And then you push on them a little bit. Well, you know, everybody kept hitting on me or it was very uncomfortable and I couldn't, right. you know. People made fun of me because I couldn't figure out which die to use, and it, you know right. it was a, it was an uncomfortable experience. It has nothing to do with the game. Somebody was just a d bag and made this poor person feel uncomfortable. That's a very, 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 very good point, Brett. And I wonder how much has rolled into that. It's not the game; it's you. There is, and I think that's one of the reasons why there's lots of games out there. Right? It's like this game doesn't speak to me. I want to run a horror game. D and D doesn't speak to me as my horror game. You know what speaks Fair, to me as right. a good horror game? Right. This. Right. This is the horror game I like. This is the yeah. one that really speaks to me. It really gets a feel. Whatever it's doing, 
Right. It's helping me feel more vulnerable or really, man, I'm just grooving over here. This yes. is what I want. Yeah. And that's one of the reasons why when somebody's like, hey, I really love Power of the Apocalypse games. I'm not a huge fan, but I'm like, I see why you like it. Right. Because you listen to these people talk about it, what it allows them to do, how they're getting into it. Like, right. I get it. Totally. Yeah. About, I'm, I'm down with you loving that game. Carry on, Brave Soldier. You got it, man. Own it. Love it. Do it. What bothers me is similar to what uh, when, Rand- when someone sells Randy. Old school. Hey, D&D 5e is only pass fail. He's like, hang on a second. It's not only. There's an or in there. There's other ways to do this. Da, 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 da. And um, Well, and some it, argument in D&D could be like, you could do anything with D&D. It, it, it can be. And right. what happens is when someone says something like, a very, it can't be done. The nice thing about the tweet that you're talking about was, we are way to fuck off topic. We didn't have a topic, <laughs> so we're not off topic. Right. The nice thing about the tweet was, I was picking on you, not the original tweet. Yes. Because the answer was, I, d- I don't you like You picked this. on everybody. You said, I have never seen so many people be completely wrong. <laughs> I did, didn't I? I, yes, was kind of, did. I, was, I was like, I was a bit dude. Of a troll. I wasn't very nice. I probably should <laughs> That's go back all right. Whatever. That. They need yeah. to know you. Right. They need to know me. <laughs> yeah, it's but weird. It, because if they knew you, then they you knew that Brett doesn't kill babies <laughs> and that he insults yeah. hundreds of people by saying. Just by randomly. Oh, my God. <laughs> that was probably not my best moment. But anyway, when somebody says. This doesn't do this, and let me tell you why. What I would prefer them to say is this. I don't find that this doesn't work for me, and let me explain why. Because it's very, very personal. Well, it, that's it, not going to get like, wow. It doesn't get a lot of tweets. It doesn't get, get a lot, lot of tweets. It doesn't get, get a lot of, you know, it Maybe. just, I don't know. And it, if I, everything I on Twitter, if I was like, hey, this is totally me, not you, blah. Hey, just I know that you love it, but for me, nah. Nobody responds to any no, of that shit. No, Nobody cares no, what you very think. Very few people interact. Yeah, no, which is where, yeah, which is what got me banned from. Yeah, because then a while. the response is, yeah. well, obviously it's you, not me. Yeah, I totally agree. Yeah, I agree with that. I, I agree, it's me. The, I'm having one with the issue. Then the, the desire to bitch at each other just, oh, well, I can't, I can't bitch the at each other. The way I get engagement is when I tell Brett he's wrong all the time <laughs> online and why, like, and everybody else. Yeah, that will that, that will make me talk to you. Yeah. <laughs> but I think it's, um, and we've talked a lot, of, a lot in fairly recent history here about that introspection component of it. And some of it is, and I think as we gain more and more and more, why do I like this game? Why don't I like first edition? I don't like descending armor class. That is a legit reason. If that bugs the fuck out of you, you can't stand it. It just drives you bananas. Why play a game that drives you bananas, man? That's just stupid. Unless you're a monkey. That's a different problem. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but if I you like don't like it, yeah. <laughs> but if you don't like a certain thing, I know, um, um, Iris, Kevin's, Kevin's, um, Kevin's child, Iris has, has said that. They're not very comfortable with horror because of the lack of agency, and they don't like that feeling. So this conversation, and sure. I'm like, that is incredibly insightful, and um, I get why you avoid certain. Because I was running games with Iris in the game, I'm like, I totally get why you are not grooving on certain aspects of the game I'm running because you don't like that. Got it? Right. I'll give you something a little bit different to play with. Then probably, yeah, different type of stuff. Yeah. And like again to horror, I know some people like unsolvable problems are horrific. Like, oh my god, this is like I am in a rock in a hard place. Do I save the child? 
kill the girl? You know, do I do I get the diamond and and save this planet, or do I blow everything up? Do I save this thing or kill everyone because I need to be with my girlfriend? What what do I do? Well, why why would I do that? You know, choices are horrible for some people. Like really hard choices can be tough. You know. Anyway. Fuck. Let's just go down to die roll. We'll we'll topic this sucker up next time. Good God. We're way the hell off. Die roll. Two to four miscellaneous points of gaming and geekery. Maybe this is why we need to go to every two weeks, just so we, uh, no, that ain't gonna help. Never mind. Well, I've heard, you know, that might be the way to go just because of getting some listener feedback, making one week of listener feedback. Not a bad idea. Yeah. First one, stars without number, bundle of holding. Thanks, Wayne, for pointing this one out. So if you have uh, stars without number, but you need some more books, here you go. If you have taken an interest in stars without number and you don't have any, this is for you. If you have absolutely zero interest in stars without number, this is not for you. I will say I have not played it. I have no personal experience with it, but I do not know anybody who has not had fun playing Stars Law Number. I, 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 people within my circles talk very highly of it. I get a lot of big thumbs up around it. I was meh. You were meh? Oh, well, and everybody totally but meh. Sean. Everybody but Sean. Yeah, but we already found was... out how wrong he is about 5e. Chance certain motherfucker didn't even read the rules. Well, you know, I'm not about being <laughs> wrong. I am. I'm kidding. <laughs> Brad is. Second no, I, one. Go on, go on. No, I was going to say, you didn't like it? You didn't like stars? Or just kind of meh? No, I just, I, I, it was fairly brief. Ah, okay. Um, I probably, I can't remember why I missed a few of those sessions. Well, I, I bailed on the group. Okay. I think it was when that, that goes hit. to my, that goes to my earlier, <laughs> about three quarters of being, okay, carry on. Mary, I'm push I can't side, remember. Push Anyways. Uh, 2021 Tech Raptor Awards Tabletop Game of the Year. I don't know who Tech Raptor is, but whatever. You want they they have awards. They gave it to. This is posted by Gabe, so he's a little biased, uh, because he's a against the Dark Master fan. So, nice. Apparently, against the Dark Master on this person's list. Reader's Choice winner against the Dark Master. <laughs> the the bloggers. This bloggers award goes to. Hey. But they listed Conquest, Last Arguments of Kings, core set, never heard of it. D&D Fizzman's Treasury of Dragons, mm-hmm. heard of it, not read it. Lost Cities, Roll and Write, never heard of it. And there's, Necromolds. There's, oh, Necromolds? We know the Necromolds guy. Do we? Yeah, we do. Who, who do we? I don't know. I, who do, oh, shit. I completely forgot. I'm going to look this up. I'm going to look it up. Necromolds. Fuck. Yep. He's I, a DCC guy. Comes every con. Oh. Damn, I'm losing his name. I'm oh, wow. an idiot. I'll find it. I'll yeah, it's it going to get worse as the years go on, ladies and gentlemen. So, yeah. just, you know, with us. Yeah. We, we, we affectionately yeah. refer to you as that person. <laughs> <laughs> You're the guy uh, who's always at the thing with the stuff. Joe yeah, and I both, guy, yeah. We're both like locked eyes. Go, yeah, I know that guy too. Age of Sigmar Dominion box set. So, there you go. And then the last one Humble Bumble, Humble Bundle. It's uh, digital stuff. Eric Salzweedle brought this up. It's a bunch of digital stuff you could use in your virtual tabletops. Bunch of tokens from Frog God Games. Looks like all Frog God Games, actually. Um, so, yeah, huge amounts of... It looks like primarily maybe fantasy, although there's a Uric city map. Yeah. So there you go. 
15, 30 bucks will get you a bunch of stuff. And then, of course, with the bundles, they always chip into a charity. This one goes to the Navy Marine Corps Relief Society. Oh, nice. Why Navy Marine Corps? Why not like all of them? Somebody likes the Navy Marines. Oh, and Marines are a branch. Then Marines are a branch of the Navy, dude. I know. That's my point. I kind of feel shafted as an Army guy. Oh, I see. Derp. Anyways, there you go. That's our die roll. As Brett's frantically trying to find out who the person is. I am is. driving me fucking bananas. Necromozellos. God damn it. As he does that, this is it. That We didn't even cover the topic this week, believe it or not. I Clint, guess we're going to move it to next week. Clint Biddy. Clint. Who? Clint, B-O-H-A-T-Y is the creator. Clint. Is if he really? Yeah. If you, Yep. He's the creator of Necromolds. Yep. I don't Happy know if I knew that. Yep. I mean, I he's, guess He's I done did. a bunch of, he's done stuff for DCC, Under Order of the Quill Publishing. Yep. Ah. Yep. Sweet. And he did the asymmetrical board game Hounded by Atlas Games. He did huh. that as well. Yeah. That's Clint stuff. There we go. So, I feel better. I feel better. The more you know. There you go. Clint. Yeah, yeah. So what we wanted to talk about it and initially here was a rival adventuring party. So we're going to have to uh, talk about that next week. So we'll talk about the next week. So there we are. Brett, usually I ask what we're talking about next week. And Brett already, has already said it. I had to. I had to get it out there. Oh, good Lord. Yeah. All right. Fantastic. Hey, if you showed up for the live recording of this, we stream it. I guess it's like next Monday, but then after that, every other Monday, whatever. Monday, check it. Otherwise, come to our Discord and ask, and we'll tell you. Um, Monday's at 8 p.m. Central Time here on YouTube. Otherwise, you could find us at your five favorite podcatcher of choice where this episode will come, and you can subscribe there and get the audio flagship show. Uh, otherwise, that's that's all I have for this week, Brett. What about you? Anything else? Anything else to add, Brett? No, I think we, uh, we went everywhere but where we should have gone, so it's... Boldly go. Boldly go. Yes, that's what we did. Where <laughs> we, no. We randomly wandered where no one would go before. So anyway, let's get out of here, brother. That's right. So on behalf of gaming and BS, I'm Sean. And I'm Brett. Good night and good game and all. This episode of Gaming and BS produced with help from the following BSers. Joe Swick, Old School DM, Tony Sugarloaf Baker, Eric Jeppesen, Andy Hall, Chris Steele, Remy Bellado, Jason Hobbs, Mark Tasaka, Merkel Froilich, Pure Mongrel, Brett M. Pazinski, Brandon Barnes, Eileen Barnes, Dan LaValle, C.W. Mellencamp, Victor Wyatt, Craig Huber, Roger Brasslett, Stephen Dragonspawn, Jared Rasher, Ray Otis, Todd Crapper, Jim Fitzpatrick, Old Scouser Roleplaying, Curtis Takahashi, Larry Hout, Ron Bishop, Mark Richmond, Chad Clayman, Sky, Craig, Howard Bishop, Josh Wallace, Corey Welch, Angus, Eric Salzweedle, George Sedgwick, Robert Nemeth, Brian Kurtz, Laramie Wall, Erica Villa, Andy Olson, Jeff Seifert, John Keyword, Corey Gonzalez, Maurice, Niall Diamond, Aaron Relia, Jeff Goad, Aaron Coleman, Brian Rumble, Rich Wishon, David F. Balog, Harrigan, Melissa Bashinsky, H.N., Cole Cago, Eric Tavola, Hoos Carl, Ghost GM, Mike Hess Jr., Rory Weston, Jim Ingram, Daniel Garrett, Eric Frankhouse Presents, Phil McClory, Adam Grotejohn, Jay Plata, Ed Nyes, The Duke in Purple, Isaiah Aries Christian, Larry Hollis, Awal Trooper, Craig Shipman, Todd Sharp, Orcus Dorcas, Chris Shore, Michael O'Holland, Wayne Peacock, Mike Coleman, Miniature Master, Kevin Keneally, Zagrave, Vornak, Farty McButterpants, Andrew Lear, Craig Chunglo, Eric Lunsford, Ty Prunty, Feeling Good Lewis, Ziga Paradzik, Nick Westbrook, John Mahoney, Crystal Eggstead, Zalea, and Todd. Hey, 
I hope 2021 treated you all well and that your family are all safe and doing okay. Thanks for sticking us, sticking us? Yeah, sticking it to us in 2021. Ah, thanks for sticking with us in 2021. We look forward to 2022. We hope you do too. Thanks, BSers. This, this has, has been a Litterbox, Litterbox Studio production. production.